and welcome to the Colton and Joe show episode. I, I messed this up the last time. I messed up like a bunch of episodes in a row. I just noticed this. So I had to go through and fix them all. I'm pretty sure this is actually 118, episode 118 this time. But I think I said it was 119 last time. So I, I think we're a couple off. Let me let me take a little peek. Stay with the episode, Brad. Yes. We got so many, got so many episodes now. It's crazy to think that we've actually recorded like 118 episodes. Yeah, that's like, a hun- like 118 hours ascent, like basically. <laughs> uh, that is a lot of time to look back at, but <laughs> yeah. it's, we're just grinding out, you know. <laughs> okay, uh, not to get into the news too early. I think we're, we're grinding out these episodes like Urban Meyer. Ooh, I hope. Baby. I don't even have that on the news. Oh, you didn't? Okay. So, yeah, this is 118. I was right. That's, that's kind of, I feel like we're getting to the point. Maybe we don't have to say number every single time. But when we get there, we'll know. But, welcome, yeah, welcome to the Colton Show, episode 118. Um, our week three. This is going to be our week four analysis? Discussions? Uh, yeah. Yeah, week four. Yeah. Um, and then... We're going to try and do power rankings before the end of the week. And I'm going to try and do my top 10 tight ends. I might just do this right afterwards while the episode's downloading. So that way, Colton can put them out. He asked me about it early this week. And I just it just hit me right before this that I never made the list. Um, I'm really bad with making our top 10 list. And I've been like completely halting our Instagram post series that I've been doing with them. <laughs> because I, I like to always forget about it. Or when I rem- like remember it, it's just like too late. And I'm not about to do it right now. But I'll have that time after that. I can put it together. I remember I put three, and I think almost everyone has the consensus top three tight ends. So yeah. you can take a watch on who those guys are. But True, true. <laughs> but um, we, you know how we start off the episodes here, Joe, since our last recording session. What's been going on with you? How you been? It's been it's – been, it's still been a little bit up and down. Um, you know, no, that is normally how my – my weeks ago and um i was on saturday like the day right after we recorded i uh was just you know our our cross-country coach always tells us to run over the weekend so i was like okay i don't always but i was going to i was running and i have my phone in a little pocket on my like arm you know so that's why it's there and um i'm on the road and stuff so i always just have it just for safety purposes sometimes i'll play music out of it and stuff somehow it, it fell out and this screen got absolutely destroyed. Like the like the light and everything. Like it's my phone was destroyed uh, from like the screen. And making a fix, we're gonna fix it. But uh, until then, I'm rocking with the with the phone I used in like eighth grade. And the battery is like super low. Like and it's it's not a pleasant experience. I I am greatly missing my nice phone. But sooner rather than later, it will be fixed and I'll be back uh, back in back in business. Other than that, I, uh, as I mentioned to you beforehand, I was, I ran a cross country meet. I had another personal record, 23 minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, for all you guys that know about uh, 5Ks and cross country meets, that is not good, to be honest with you. <laughs> like it's good for me. It is the best I've ever ran, but I still ran. I still was like right in the middle. Um, so I'm kind of painfully average at this point, but compared to last year, I am a lot better. And, um, you know, that's what's been going on with me. Not a whole lot. What about you? Um, 
Yeah, same thing. I've been I've been pressure washing my grandma's house the past couple of days. Not that interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's about. I went to my girlfriend's house this weekend. Showed it out there. Watched watched the first half of the Steelers game. Um, like I told Joe, I only got to watch the first half before I had to go home because she lives pretty far away and I had to get home. Cause I had school the next day, and when the game's run at 4:25, it makes things a little bit difficult. But um, was up there chilling, hanging out with everybody. Um, come back home, doing some work, getting back in the gym today for the first time in a while, just because you know I was gone for the weekend and then I didn't go because of my I was like cleaning out my grandparents' garage and doing some pressure washing, you know, putting the work in there. So I'm back in the gym today, next couple of days, um, going to like volleyball games and soccer games and stuff, just just hanging out. So enjoying your senior year. Join my my senior year, so good stuff. Um, good stuff. It's news time, and this news we have a the number one piece of news here is crazy, and I'm just gonna say it now. Um, the New England Patriots are trading former Defensive Player of the Year Stephon Gilmore to the Carolina Panthers in exchange for a 2023 sixth round pick. Um, basically the story here, um, the Patriots and Gilmore are trying to come to terms with an extension they just could not make ends meet with an extension and they were going to release Gilmore and then Carolina was like there's no way that Gilmore's coming here in free agency so he's like we'll give you a six round pick for him and they're like well a six round pick is better than nothing so you can have him <laughs> so he's now in Carolina uh last year's defensive player I guess technically now two years ago's defensive player of the year Stephon Gilmore on the Carolina Panthers, which is interesting because now you look at the Panthers. The Panthers' defense is already scary. They're already, this season, the best defense um, thus far performance-wise. Um, and they have now five starting caliber corners. Let me just say that on their roster. Um, obviously, they now have Stephon Gilmore. They have their top 10 pick from this year, J.C. Horn. They have the first-round pick that they just traded for, C.J. Henderson, as well as Dante Jackson, and as well as A.J. Boye. <laughs> just let that sink in. <laughs> they have five corners. If I'm Carolina, I'm trading off Boye right now. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm trading Boye at this very second, um, and then I'm saving Dante Jackson until the end of the year when J.C. Horn is coming back. Or midseason, if you happen to realize that you're no longer going to be able to make a playoff push, um, then you just trade off Dante Jackson. That's my yeah. recommendation. You move forward with Gilmore, Henderson, and J.C. Horn. This Horn was actually playing pretty well before he went down with the broken foot. But anyway, this is just a crazy piece of news. Um, defensive player of the year on the move. Yeah, this is insane. The news came out. Like, right in the middle of the day, so I'm chilling, I see this. I think, yeah, you sent it to me, actually. I didn't see it before then. And it was a, a release. And I was like, okay, like, that's cool. Like, obviously, the mind goes to just how crazy our defense would be if we got back, um, like, got some some more secondary help because I start secondary's going a little bit downhill. <laughs> it didn't look that bad week one, but it is, it is struggling at the moment. <laughs> and... Um, Obviously, that's what my mind goes to. It was unrealistic like that in the beginning. And then he ended up being traded. Like, I guess that's before the waivers go through or whatever I know. And, like, releasing someone isn't as easy as just, uh, you know, posting on Instagram. There has to be, like, paperwork or whatever with the contracts and stuff. 
so we got actually ended up getting traded for a six round pick, like you said. That is, you know, the, the fact that they, like, that, that's okay. Okay. I backtrack a little bit in my head. I always wondered why teams didn't do this. Like, why they didn't offer, like, a team just, like, a super low round pick for someone that they wanted to get, just so that they'd, like, guarantee they get the player that they wanted before. And then, you know, a super pick is, like, realistically not that much compared to, like, risking not getting Stefan Gilmore if you really want him, you know? Like, I would totally give up a six round pick to guarantee that I get Stefan Gilmore. But. That's I think a, I, a I was, lot of times what happens is, like, the news doesn't have, like, I, this is just a theory that, like, maybe the news generally doesn't drop until, like, the player is officially released most of the time. Uh, I guess maybe it's fair. I guess that's fair. That's just what, that's just Crazy what move for Carolina. Um, their offense is definitely not, like, their offense has been pretty good, pretty productive, but definitely has not been, like, a top-tier offense. And their defense is gonna be insane. So they kind of they they got a lot more scary with this trade. Definitely, Brian Burns is still there. They got a and a secondary that's becoming rowingly insane with Jeremy Chin that was already there. Yeah, Jonte Jackson, AJ Boye, CJ Henderson, uh, JC Horn, and now I mean AJ Boye. Did I say AJ Boye? Yeah, either way. And now John Gilmore. Uh, Locked down for days, and I'm if I'm playing <laughs> if I'm playing Carolina this year, I'm scrambling for a game plan. <laughs> run the ball, run the ball, and hope that, and just hope that your offensive line. You're not getting anything past the secondary. Let's be for real. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That is fair. Carolina's actually their defense this year has been so good. Um, they've been. I mean, obviously, Brian Burns is doing his thing. Shaq Thompson is just going nuts. Son Reddick, a very underrated pickup. Jeremy Chinballin. It's just the collective group is playing so well together that that Carolina defense is just an absolute force to be reckoned with at this point. Yeah. So, for sure. um, next, we have another player that was released, and that being Jalen Smith of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, we actually talked about this. I think we, we mentioned the possibility of this happening earlier in the season when they drafted Micah Parsons. I think one, we mentioned the possibility that either Jalen Smith or Leighton Vander Esch would possibly get traded or cut midseason. Um, and it happened. This is a little bit of a surprising move. I thought if one of the two was going to get cut, it was going to be Leighton Vander Esch. Ended up being Jalen Smith. Just going Because going into the season, Jalen Smith looked like the better player of the two. And Vander Esch was also extremely injury-prone. Um, not that Smith was much better, but slightly better, but he was just on the field a lot more. But Vander Ash has been solid this season. You know, the injuries have not been much of a factor so far this season. Parsons was playing defensive end, actually, and I, th- I feel like they're releasing Jalen Smith to kind of be able to move uh, Parsons back to his natural position of linebacker. Maybe that's not going to happen just because Demarcus Lawrence still is not back, but I'm not exactly sure what's going to go on there. But, um, Jalen Smith is out the door, and he signed with a team the same day, actually, which is today they were recording, um, which would be Wednesday. He signed with the Green Bay Packers. Um, Packers, this is actually a very good fit. The Packers are just a team that their linebacking core is you know, a little worse for wear. They have Rashawn Gary, but other than that, their linebacking core is you know a bunch of nobodies, really. Um, 
they're really thin on edge rushers at this point. Zadarius uh, Smith was placed on the IR a couple weeks ago. Preston Smith went down with an injury versus the Steelers last week. Um, so just really as a team that they're really thin in the linebacker department. This will be very useful. A team that you know could potentially make a Super Bowl run with their high-powered offense, and then defensively, their team just gets better and better. Obviously, Kenny Clark, Ron Stoffer on the interior. Now you have a solid, you know, you have a little bit more, more solid of a uh, linebacking core, and then obviously you have one of the top corners in the game, and you know, a fringe top ten safety as well. So Green Bay is looking better and better, and I think you know, Jalen Smith in Dallas might not have you know been the perfect fit, but in Green Bay. I think it's going to be looking very nice. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was interesting. Like Jalen Smith was uh, the 11th ranked outside linebacker by PFF. So, I mean, a release of him is definitely a little bit out there. But um, let's see. Trade deadline is week eight. Right. On the trade deadline. I, I have no clue. I thought it was like right mid, like right mid point of the season. Um, so maybe I'm wrong, but either way, we're getting a little bit. We're halfway to then, and there's a lot of stuff that's been going down as far as trade like players being moved around already. Um, and this was I would not I didn't like really expect Jalen Smith to be moved to defense for uh, the Cowboys that already wasn't you know anything insane. They've been playing relatively well getting wins um they have an insane offense but i wouldn't like i don't know why you want to mess with it but maybe there's maybe for cap reasons i know that a lot of times you can save like a lot of money by cutting a player at certain points in the year and maybe that was the type of situation they were in and they thought that'd be the smarter thing so it's an interesting move i don't know if that's the move i'd make but um yeah good definitely uh, for green bay though yeah for sure for sure. Um, so next piece of news, we're just going to kind of, as we usually do, clump all the injuries together. Um, lots of them now, sadly. DJ Chark, um, wide receiver for the Jaguars, most likely is going to require ankle surgery, and that would effectively end his season. Um, obviously, Rock there, a young wide receiver, one of my more underrated players in the NFL, um, going to go out for the season, and that's rougher. Especially when you have a rookie quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, who struggled thus far in the season. You know, losing the number one target is definitely uh, never a good thing. Uh, Romeo Aquara, a rusher for the Detroit Lions, has torn his Achilles. He's going to be out for the season. The the man that looked like probably the best player on this uh, Lions defense at this point is now out for the season, which is really tough because while the Lions aren't winning games, they're playing hard and they're actually staying in pretty much every game that they're a part of, and that's, you know, in large part due to the pressure being created by Aquara. And so that's rough to see him go. Oh, Dave Montgomery. Um, you know, he was, he's been questionable all week. Um, he's going to be expected to miss four to five weeks with a knee sprain. And this is really rough. Let me, let me make it known. I just traded for Dave Montgomery in fantasy this weekend. And it was a really good trade. It was, I traded Mike Evans and Melvin Gordon for Keenan Allen and uh, David Montgomery. And I was so happy with the trade. Montgomery had a really good week this week, and now he's going to be out for four to five weeks. So I'm a little cheesed by that, personally. But obviously, <laughs> the Bears, who we have another piece of news about their offensive talent, um, which we'll get to a little bit later. Um, you know, they've been a heavy proprietor of running the ball this year and last year. Um, Matt Nagy has 
specifically Dave Montgomery getting his run, and I just don't know, you know, what this offense is going to look like with a Damian Williams slash Derek Cohen uh, backfield. You know, are they going to be more inclined to, you know, throw the ball a little bit more? What's going to happen with that? I'm, you know, really not 100% sure. But um, we have enough three players that have been placed on the injury reserve to round out our injuries. Um, Obviously, like we mentioned every time, injury reserve, you're out for three weeks. You're eligible to come back at the after that point, and they can replace you on the active roster. Three players, yeah, three players we have here. Quentin Nelson um, with a high ankle sprain. You saw he had injury problems with Carson Wentz coming into the season, started week one, was you know got injured. He's now in the injury reserve. Will Fuller of the Dolphins, uh, he has a broken finger, so he's going to be on IR for the next couple weeks. And then Kenneth Murray, linebacker for the Los Angeles Chargers, um, a second-year player. High IQ guy, high character type of guy, Kenneth Murray. Um, really looking for a breakout season. He was looking really good the first couple of weeks, and um, sucks to see him go. So injuries, DJ Chark and Romeo Aquara out for the season. David Montgomery out for four to five weeks. And then Quentin Nelson, Will Fuller, and Kenneth Murray on the injury reserve for at least three weeks. Man, Will Fuller could not catch a break. Like, honestly, <laughs> he's injured again this year. Best things for him. Um, obviously, and the only other thing uh, that I was really thinking about saying, David Montgomery, obviously, yeah, I would not want him. But I'm happy to see Tyreek. That, that, that man was kind of electric back when he was in his heyday. Um, he was fun to watch. And I, if he gets more playing time, I would be, I'd be happy to watch that. Um, obviously, it's sad to see Montgomery go down. It's sad for your fantasy team. But... One will be a little bit excited to see uh, Cohen get back on the field a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like Cohen's never going to be like a lead back. He just always seems like he's always like such a good gadget guy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like he was such a good gadget guy with Jordan Howard before David Montgomery. Yeah, you you know what I'm saying. But the last piece of news here, like I said, we'd get back to it. Um, with the Chicago Bears. Um, so we saw Andy Dalton go down with injury and Justin Fields come in. Justin Fields really struggled his first weekend, got sacked like nine times in the game, <laughs> four and a half times by Miles Garrett alone, and then twice by Jadavion Clowney. Um, he, he had a bounce back week. Um, he got a, He picked up a win and he is, he has officially been, there was some talk. Nagy came out earlier this week and was like, when Andy Dalton is healthy, he's our starter. And everyone was like, boo, Matt Nagy sucks. And now the Bears have named Justin Fields their starter moving forward. And um, this is, you know, I'm just happy to see it. You know, Fields is just so much better of a player at this point already than Andy Dalton and or Nick Foles. Um, I'm just happy to see Fields on the field. I think, you know, he just brings this offense a whole new dynamic. And I don't think at this point Chicago is like really like a team that's going to be vying for the playoffs regardless of their quarterback situation. So I feel like this is where you just throw the rookie in, uh, see, you know, how well you can develop him in the course of a year. And um, I'm happy to see Justin Fields get the start now. So, No, yeah, in his first start, he definitely did not look. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of pressure and whatnot. Second week, he came out, played a lot better. And, um, yeah, I, it's it's like a rush. Like if I if I was a coach, I would, I would be one to hold a rookie out for maybe a little bit longer. But in this situation, I definitely think it was the right decision to uh, put him in. 
as you said, uh, Andy Dalton and Nick Foles is not exactly like two crazy good players play well out of their prime, and um, they're not crazy talent guys. Unlike Justin Fields, who has all the talent in the world, someone who in the draft in the draft days when that was the big discussions with someone I really liked a lot, and um, give him a chance to go out there, get some experience under his belt. And um, hopefully, like, I know, you know, the expectations are never crazy high. Well, the expectations are always really high for a rookie quarterback, but they should not be. Rookie quarterbacks, like, almost never go out and do that good the first year. Um, but, uh, you know, either way, this is good for him. Give him a chance to develop and learn an offense. I, I have the, the feeling Matt Nagy will not be. Uh, the coach next year. <laughs> Matt Nagy's gone down. I hope not. Matt Nagy was, is really like, we, you've said it before, it makes a lot of sense. He's such a good coach to like build a team up, you know, like he he had a good culture and everything. I just don't think the football is high enough to like sustainably keep a team good long enough. Some of his offensive play yeah. calling is just so like, it feels like uh kind of bland at times you know it's yeah, not ever yeah. too crazy a lot of the times and I feel like <laughs> I feel like he's not the coach that the Bears need right now but true true I always talk about um Nagy being a culture builder more than anything um his offensive play calling like you said is very very bad um basically needs to be uh, completely relinquished to the offensive coordinator which is what happened and it was funny because the whole season there's like Nagy calling the plays with Andy Dalton and then just last week, um, Nagy relinquished his, his play calling due to the offensive coordinator and let field start, and then they won. And then just after that, he's like, okay, I'm calling the plays again next week. <laughs> <And> it's like, <laughs> why are you going back to calling the plays? Nagy just – he should have lost his job this offseason. I really honestly do believe that, but he didn't. Um, you know, I don't – you know, I just don't think this is a guy for fields. I don't think this is a guy for really any quarterback to be. Um, proper head coach at this point. Um, but obviously, if you want to throw him in some kind of advisory role, I think he'd be very good at that. Um, or just kind of a head coach that's more of a figurehead than anything. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, just like you said, I'm just happy Fields is a starter. You know what I mean? It's just I'm just and I'm I'm with you generally. I'm I'm a fan of like kind of sitting quarterback. But in an ideal situation, you can you can sit your quarterback behind an already established quarterback. Someone who's like, and I especially like, someone who can actually win, you know. Yeah, yeah. Which is why, like, obviously, it's not like a fa- it's not like a move that the fans love. But the Trey Lance situation is perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. So I think Trey Lance is going to be very good. Um, you you have him sit behind an already established quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, who's win a winning culture. And watch, how, you know, what amazing things happen. It's the same thing we saw with Mahomes. And I'm not one to try to compare anybody to Mahomes. Um, and I'm not one to try to, you know, compare anybody to Tom Brady or anything. But that's what we see there. You know, with Mahomes, he sat behind Alex Smith for a year, learned behind an established quarterback and a winning system, learned how to win, learned how to play the right way. And then he came in and won MVP in his first season. You know what I mean? Yeah. Lamar Jackson, he sat behind an established quarterback, Joe Flacco, with a winning culture. Tom Brady sat behind an established quarterback, Drew Bledsoe. Um, you know, develop a winning culture. You know, it's just Dak Prescott sat behind a winning quarterback, Tony Romo. You know, like 
the list goes on. You know what I mean? And guys that sit behind established players are are generally the ones that you know are a little bit more pro ready coming in. And then, but in a lot of times, you know, your guys like Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson that are just coming straight into the fire, getting thrown straight into the fire. Um, they look a little bit in over their in over their heads at times. So. Generally, I'm a fan of waiting a little bit yeah. longer, but in the case of Justin Fields, I wouldn't call Andy Dalton or Nick Foles at this point in their career an established quarterback. Um, and <laughs> I would not call it a winning system at this point, no matter who they got in a quarterback. So I'm a fan of, in, in this particular case, you just throw Fields into the fire and, and let him work it out. So Yeah, definitely. And especially like the Bears, at the point the roster's in, it's not really like a rebuilding kind of roster their defense is really good um and it's not exactly like all that young it's you know i have a hard time remembering how old a lot of players are but like clearly khalil mack is no spring chicken any guy anymore he's still extremely dominant but um what is he like 29 i guess he's he's like right in his prime at this point age-wise uh, Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack's the same age as um, he's 30. He's the same age as Aaron Donald. Well, he was drafted the same year. Yeah. But, um, oh, where was I going with that? Yeah. So I'm not really sure if, uh, <laughs> you, you know, you want to win now. I don't think Andy Dalton or Nick Foles gives them the best chance to win. And, you know, Nick Foles, not Nick Foles, um, Justin Fields isn't like, the roster never – I don't feel like the roster is still good in Chicago. I just feel like the, the play calling, and I feel like this really is one of those situations where a lot of the blame has to go to the coach, sadly, even though I'm, I don't really like to blame the coaches as much as – like, a lot of people like to blame the coaches for everything. I don't like to blame the coaches as much as other, uh, as, much as other guys, but this is definitely a situation where the coach um, is one of the major problems in my eyes. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Um, now we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode. Um, we're here. We're giving our week four analysis of all the games, and we're going to start off with the Thursday night game, Jacksonville versus Cincinnati. And I just want to start off by saying, really, for all of the rookie quarterbacks, this was like one of their best games of their careers thus far, if not the best. I mean, this was Trevor Lawrence's best game of his career thus far. You know, he didn't throw any picks. He had the uh, rushing touchdown or two. And he really kept them in this game for, for the vast majority of the game. And I just want to, you know, give props to Trevor Lawrence. He made some really nice throws in this game. Looked poised, um, just like we saw flashes of what we thought Trevor Lawrence could definitely be coming into his uh, career. But Joe Burrow, man, um, since he was down 14 out at halftime, I believe, and they came back, scored, you know, nine answered 24, and just absolutely balled on him. Joe Burrow just showed you know, why he was the number one pick last year. And Joe Burrow, coming off of, you know, his big injury last season, he's coming in and he's looking very good uh, so far this season. Joe Burrow has been an absolute beast just leading this team. And he's already got such an established connection with Jamar Chase, which is, you know, really promising for the for the young receiver there. Um, C.J. Uzoma balled out in this game, five receptions, 95 yards, two touchdowns. Um, never thought I'd hear myself say that. I've always been a C.J. Uzoma fan. I can't explain to you why I am, but I I'm a fan of him. Um, but his name is kind of a baller. His name just yeah. kind of makes you like. I think that's why I like it. It's a cool name. I think I just like his name. <laughs> but 
yeah, Joe Burrow <laughs> led them here, and then they came down and hit a game-winning field goal with the rookie, Evan McPherson. Um, and, yeah, so I just want to, you know, this was a good game. Lawrence had the best game of his career, and Joe Burrow um, just really showed why he's the number one pick. So. Yeah, um, I didn't really get to watch many. I had a lot of homework and stuff going on, and I didn't get to watch much football on Sunday. But looking at the, looking at the box score here, I can see James Robinson. Had a 78-yard game, two touchdowns, which is interesting. He he hasn't been getting that much volume this year. He, he I guess he had 18 attempts. I'm not sure what's up with James Robinson. Last year he was so good, and this year he's seemingly fallen off maybe a little bit. Um, I don't know what's well, up with Urban that. Urban Meyer system with their Urban Meyer's college system does not support uh, running the ball all that much. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Because I haven't heard much from him. I know, like, I almost drafted him in fantasy football, but I was like, you know what? I'm not going to. It messed with my, like, bye weeks too much, so I drafted someone else. And um, I can tell you, for the most part, I'm happy I made that decision. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, so, moving on, we have a really, actually, probably the biggest surprise of the week thus far. Tennessee versus the Jets. The Jets take the victory in overtime. Um Derrick Henry absolutely balled in this game. Um, we knew that he was going to. But let me just say that Derrick Henry uh, had 33 attempts for 157 rushing yards and a touchdown. That's good for uh, 4.8 yards per carry. And I understand that the, the Tennessee was kind of plagued by injury, and they still continue to be plagued by injury. There's so many players. I saw a picture of their um, injury report currently, and it's insanely long. And they were without A.J. Brown. They were without Julio Jones for the game. So without their top two wide receivers. But, like, holy moly, you lost the Jets, man. Tannehill. Tannehill's been looking rough this season. I can't even lie to you. Um, and it's just weird because last season he looked so good. He was in my top ten quarterbacks last season. Um, yeah, I just really liked what I saw out of him last season. And then you bring in Julio Jones, and it just seems like he's gotten less and less efficient at this point. I don't know how to explain that, but um, for the Jets, the William or the Williams brothers did good. Quinnen and Quils in Quincy, Quincy Williams had uh, 12 tackles, a sack, two tackles for loss. C.J. Mosley had 13 tackles and a sack. Um, they defensively played pretty pretty solid, all things considered. And Zach Wilson probably had the best game of his career. Maybe Week One was the best, but this was sure close to it. Um, he came out. He went. Where is it? Zach Wilson went 21 for 34 for 297 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. He had a pretty solid game there, um, just leading them to the to the victory. It went into overtime, um, and then they got a field goal. And I believe um, Titans had a chance to tie up with a field goal, and they ended up missing in the final seconds to give the Jets um, a victory in overtime. So it's just an absolutely crazy game. Um, definitely an upset in Zach Wilson. That's just shown showed some flashes in this game for sure. So yeah, this is gotta be one of the wildest games. Um, you've got I, I the the thing with the thing is coming into this year, you really thought I really thought at least I, I what I thought I thought that the Tennessee Titans were gonna go more towards the pass attack and. Um, Kind of Derrick Henry was going to take a little bit more of the backseat, but even so far, like with even I mean this year obviously both of Julio Jones and AJ Brown were out. (laughs) 
even before that, Derrick Henry is still a, it's still a Derrick Henry show in Tennessee. And today, yeah, yeah he's on. But you, you got to, you know, the Derrick Henry show can only do so much whenever there's the leading receiver had, what, 74 yards? <laughs> and uh, there were zero passing touchdowns. It's just, um, it's tough. Oh, there was one passing touchdown. My bad. Either way, you you know, you can put the team on, on the back so much until it gets to the point where there's only so much you can do, even against the Jets. You know, one guy. It's like one guy versus the rest of the world. And the defense didn't exactly play well for Tennessee either. Um, so the Jets had a good day. As you mentioned, Zach Wilson had the best game of his career so far. And um, it's a tough loss if you're Tennessee. You're going into to week five, two and two. You have a lot of question marks, but I mean, yeah. they'll probably rank, realistically they have so much talent on the roster, but right now it's yeah. definitely looks a little bit on the fear side. True, true. Especially offensively, just with the wealth of talent they have, I think they'll probably be able to bounce back. But it, when you bring in a guy like Julio Jones, you have to kind of relearn the balance of things and how how you want to play the offense moving forward. So um, yeah. Next game. We've got Pittsburgh versus Green Bay. Green Bay takes the win here, 27-17. To uh, nobody's surprise, Big Ben, once again. There were a lot of questions after last week. You know, is, Big, is Ben washed? You know, should Ben retire? What's going on? Um, he heard the criticism, and he did absolutely nothing about it. Um, <laughs> proceeded to play poorly, looking, you know, very just very mediocre currently. Um, Steelers lost this game. There was a blocked field goal that we went back for a touchdown that ended up getting called back because of an offsides call. But I said it was a little bit bogus. Most people would agree with me. Um, but it's just really, this was all Green Bay all day. Aaron Rodgers' Randall Cobb connection was on point. Um, A.J. Dillon was performing pretty well, even with an offensive line missing. David Bakhtiari and Eldon Jenkins, their top two. Uh, players there without Darry Smith, Preston Smith going up um, early in the game, and just Green Bay just kind of dominated in all facets. You know, we kind of expected it. A ten-point victory isn't that much, but it just, you know, the game just kind of felt like all Green Bay all the time. So, yeah, even even the small amount that I got to watch, it was not it was not pretty. And yeah. the problem is, is that Ben's getting pressured so much in the day. He was he was so mobile he'd be able to make stuff happen anyway even if there was a lot of pressure getting to him um, he just can't move the way he used to and it's not like you can even like the threat of the long pass is kind of gone too his accuracy and touch kind of seems to be a little bit <laughs> a little bit yeah. gone and it's tough it's really tough to see um, and I don't I mean as a Steelers fan I've never like I've never seen another quarterback play good for the Pittsburgh Steelers other than Ben Roethlisberger. You know, all the other backups have exactly been that good. <laughs> and um, it's just the, the catch up. And when you're 39 and, and you've taken the battering on your body like Ben has, um, you know, you have yeah. to understand stuff like this is going to happen. Yeah. And, As they say, father time is undefeated. Yeah. Unless you're Tom Brady. But All the time we get to him someday. Eventually. <laughs> you, you know, someday. It's, it's it's tough to see, and um, hopefully we can pick it up. We're playing Denver next week, 
and that's a little bit easier of a matchup than this, but even Denver's playing pretty good, though. Uh, at this point, as a Steeler fan, I kind of have to uh, hope that Mike Tomlin doesn't have a, his first losing season, and um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, look I like forward to some Mike Tomlin magic. Yeah, for sure. Even with TJ Watt's two sacks, we were not even able to keep it like terribly close. So yeah, true. Um, next, this game isn't that interesting. Kansas City versus Philly. Kansas City, you know, they heard the noise. They were one and two. They heard people questioning them. And they came out and they dropped 42 points on Philly's head in route to a 12-point victory, 42 to 30. Patrick Mahomes absolutely balled, as well as Tyree Kill. Mahomes had won 24 for 30, 278 yards, five touchdowns to one pick. And Tyree Kill had 11 receptions for 186 yards and three touchdowns. They just really absolutely did their thing. Kansas City did. Um, they just kind of got whatever they wanted offensively. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had over 100 yards rushing. Um, and, yeah, Philly just wasn't able to answer back. Their offense looked very, very actually pretty solid. Jalen Hurts had himself a nice little game. Devontae Smith uh, had the most receiving yards in a game of his short career thus far. Um, but it was just no match for Kansas City highest powered. Kansas City's high-powered offense. Um, so Kansas City wins 42-30. I'm, I'm, I know this was a loss for Philly, but I'm really starting to like Jalen Hurts. And the way he's been playing recently, he's been playing very well. Even though the record, well, they're 1-3, and three, but this is not Jalen Hurts' fault. Jalen Hurts is playing at a high level. Um, he was a leading rusher today for Philadelphia, as well as... Um, Passing the ball very efficiently. No interceptions, 330, 387 yards. Um, and he even had a good completion to attempt ratio. So um, I had a lot of questions. I'm not sure. I wasn't sure Jalen Hurts was going to make it through the year this year. And I'm not. I'm still not sure because it doesn't seem like uh, the Philadelphia coaching staff has that much faith in him. They're constantly trying to trade for, like, Deshaun Watson, I swear. But <laughs> Jalen Hurts is playing well. And um, – there's definitely some for Philly. Um, maybe, 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 okay, but probably not because Dallas is playing really well and Dallas is winning a lot. So I don't think, I think Dallas pretty much has the, the West locked up. I mean, the East locked up at this point, unless some major injuries happen or something. But Philadelphia could maybe make a surprise splash. I'm not even going to lie to you. Like, I'm I'm impressed. Yeah. With that Me playing. too. Me too. Um, next game. This is a big game. Carolina versus Dallas. Uh, Dallas finally knocks off the undefeated Carolina Panthers, 36-28. to um, And it was a good game. Obviously, the Panthers were playing without J.C. Horn and without Christian McCaffrey. So Chuba Hubbard got the start in uh, running back. But Dallas's offense is just too nice with it. Dalton Schultz with a pair of touchdowns. Um, you know, they're just, they're just too nice. They're getting everybody involved. You know, Cedric Wilson, you really get involved in there. Um, just lots of you know players that you wouldn't expect. Ezekiel Elliott had the best game of his season so far. Um, he went for 20 attempts for 143 yards and a touchdown. Good for 7.2 yards per carry, which is absolutely nuts. Um, had a really nice game. The that Dallas offensive line just starts looking better and better as the weeks progress. Um, and then defensively, Trayvon Diggs continued to do his thing. He put up four tackles, two interceptions, and two passes defended. Trayvon Diggs, the only player to have an interception every game so far this season. He has, I believe, what is it, like five or six interceptions, like five interceptions in four games, I think. Yeah, he has five Something in like four that. games. 
So yeah, Trayvon Diggs, an absolute baller, getting picks left and right. But, you know, Dallas just came out here. It was no match for Carolina without McCaffrey. Uh, just really had to do it to him, 36-28. So. Yeah, Trayvon Diggs <laughs> can make mistakes here and there. And it doesn't even matter. He's so good at he's such a good ball hawk. It's insane. I don't even know. Even last year, that was like big thing. He'll let up like he'll let a touchdown on him, but then he'll get like two interceptions. It's like yeah. it's he's all over the place, but I think he's a definitely net positive. Especially this year. He hasn't been that bad this year. But last year was he was a lot worse. Um, yeah, that's just sort of a blowout. Um I added Chubba Hubbard on my head. Luckily I did not uh start him, but <laughs> I did add I him. I didn't start I him this week. I'm going to have to start him this week, though. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't even know what I'm doing this year. I haven't looked at it. After but, David Montgomery went out, I'm now, I'm now probably. It's either Hubbard. Well, actually, do I have to? I don't know if I have to. I think I think in my one league, I'm going to have to either start Hubbard or Elijah Mitchell. Oh. Or I might get – I think I'm going to try – I put in a waiver claim for Damian Williams. So if oh, he yeah. gets if if I get him, I think I'll probably start him. But yeah, I'm gonna fair. have to look at I'm gonna have to look at matchups and analytics and such to the to decide which one of the three since uh McCaffrey's out for the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um next game. Moving on, the New York Giants versus the New Orleans Saints. This is one where we all thought the Saints were going to win, but the Giants came out and upset them. As Danny Dimes has been looking very strong the past couple weeks. Hasn't thrown picks in a while. No real turnovers. Looking big, looking strong. Um, Colin Coward, I was listening to his podcast on, on a long drive that I had this weekend, and he told me, he said that, uh, that the he told, he predicted this. He said that the Giants were going to upset the, the Saints, and you know, he was, he was right. Um, Jameis Winston has just been playing kind of inconsistently, I would say, in New Orleans at this point, as well as Alvin Kamara, just kind of the whole team, apart from, like, guys like Marshall and Lattimore are playing pretty inconsistently. Um, Marcus Williams had himself a nice game for the Saints, seven tackles, a forced fumble, an interception, and a pass defended. But it just was not a match for Danny Dimes and Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay, and that New York Giants front. Yeah, um... Yeah, Daniel Jones with a 400-yard passing day. Uh, he's he's a big arm guy. <laughs> he's he's he plays some. He kind of plays like how I'd expect a guy from Duke to play. <laughs> like you know, it's some of his college habits are just they're still there. But like you can't say much when he puts out games like this. He was also this was like another game like the the Giants offensive line actually played really well. Kept the zero sacks for Danny Dimes, and he was able to sit back there and kind of cook today. So, yeah, sure, sure. Um, moving on, Cleveland versus Minnesota, an extremely low-scoring game. Cleveland wins fourteen to seven. Um, Mayfield did not have his best game. Uh, Beckham did not have his best game. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt were both looking pretty solid. The offensive line is obviously always looking solid, but defensively is where we just saw things start to shine. We were seeing pressures by Miles Garrett and Damian Clowney. We were seeing good tackles by the rookie JOK. Greedy Williams came away with a pick on Kirk Cousins. Um, just that secondary was looking really, really solid. Um, and this is just where we start to see uh, Cleveland's defense and just the capabilities of it. For Minnesota, just nothing was really going their way. And then he, and then he right there, only putting up seven points in a game. Um, but 
And this is where the, the main takeaway I had from this game is just Cleveland's defense. So, Yeah, definitely. Cleveland's defense is top, top tier. <laughs> They've got so much talent all around. But, yeah, the offense was not kicking today, as well, as neither was Minnesota's, though, to be honest. So, um, yeah, this was sure. definitely not a, a fun game. <laughs> Nothing crazy on, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. Next game, Detroit and Chicago. This is one, if I was a betting man, I 100% would have bet on Detroit. Um, they did not win it, though, so I would have lost my money. Um Chicago wins 14-24. to Dave Montgomery goes right over 100 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Justin Fields had his best game thus far. Just everything looking solid. He was he had such a um, a good connection, Justin Fields did with Darnell Moody in this game, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. Um, he just, the first quarter, you know, like the first half, Darnell Moody and him just had such a crazy connection. He had like 90 yards in the first half, finished with 125. Um yeah, really just establishing that connection, looking good there. Defensively, they look solid, and they just they, they beat Detroit. They're flat out a better team than Detroit, but Detroit plays so hard. Um, that's, you know, we were, there was all the jokes about Dan Campbell when he became the head coach, you know, is he actually, he's terrible at the at the press box. You know, he's not a good public speaker, but you know, maybe he's a good head coach. They're playing hard for him. They're playing really hard for him is what I'm trying to say, and then they just keep getting losses, so it's a little bit hard to see, but... um. Yeah, not that crazy of a game. But it's a game that they saw enough from Justin Fields to make him the starter moving forward. So I guess that's all yeah. we wanted. Detroit is such an interesting team, like Jared, with Jared Goff and everything. I'm kind of rooting for Detroit. But they're not going to win much, but I like the team. <laughs> they're rebuilding like the, in like the right way. Like They're they're starting with the O-line, which is what I like to see. <laughs> yeah. They're doing things the right way. They're starting with the O-line. They've got a young center who's probably top three center right now, Frank Ragnow, and they drafted the best tackle in the draft, Panay Sewell. And um and they have a good tight end, a good young tight end. And in today's league, tight ends give you such an advantage. That they do. So they have a young quarterback. They're trying to evaluate him currently. I don't think they're probably gonna be sticking with him uh, long term, but um yeah. Moving on, we have the biggest blowout of the week and possibly the biggest blowout of the season, if I just if I think about it, Buffalo versus Houston. Buffalo wins forty to zero. Um, I would like to point out that Davis Mills threw four picks and no touchdowns. But let me point out that Davis Mills was the only player, the first player since Nathan Peterman, to have a zero quarterback rating for um, an entire half of football. So, just want to throw that out there. Mills looked just so overwhelmed by this Buffalo team. And it's it just confuses me how this team lost to Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pittsburgh looks so stinky now. Like, how did they lose? And Buffalo's blown all of their other opponents out of the water. You know what I mean? They, yeah, by, like, double-digit points. Yeah, after Pittsburgh, they, they beat Miami 35-0. They just beat Houston 40-0, and then they beat Washington by, like, 20 points last week. Yeah. I, I saw that. They they really took it personally. <laughs> oh, they did. Was, Holy moly! And it's so weird because Money Mitch it even got in the Allen, game. It's not like Josh Allen is like absolutely going nuts. Money Mitch got in the game, and I believe he ran for a touchdown, didn't he? Uh, I think he did. I want to say that Mr. Mr. Bisky, Bisky four four rushing attempts, ten yards, and the touchdown. That's my MVP. Yes, that that is the end. That's the first ever MVP. 
Mitch Trubisky. Um, but yeah, Buffalo blew him out of the water, and that defense looks very good too. So just well, just a straight masterclass by Buffalo. Not much to say. For sure. Um, Indy versus Miami. This was a game I predicted correctly. Um, the Indy would take it here. People have not talked about Carson Wentz enough this season. Uh, I feel like Carson Wentz has actually been very efficient this year. Like he's not been throwing many picks. I um, mean, he's putting his team in a position for success. But just generally, it's it's tough with the situation around him. Obviously, he came into the season hampered with injury. He's coming into the season without his top wide receiver, T.Y. Hilton. He's going in with his offensive line completely banged up. His, you know, the best offensive lineman in the league, in my opinion. Quentin Nelson um, has not really seen much of the field at all. And, but really, he's just been efficient. Uh, people are quick, you know, they're quick to dismiss him, quick to be like, you know, they're not going to win this. They're, they're not going to win these games until Carson Wentz steps up. But I, I would say Carson Wentz has actually stepped up relatively nicely throughout the whole season. And he picks up his first win of the year here versus the Miami Dolphins, the Tua Tagovailoa-less Miami Dolphins uh, with Jacoby Brissett at QB. And, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a good game. You know, still a fairly evenly matched game. And, yeah, Wentz did his thing. Um, Moali Cox, I believe, had two touchdowns, which is a guy I'm really high on. Um, and, yeah, not much to say. Uh, Indy sneaks this one out by 10, 27-17. Yeah, I'm definitely pretty high in Moali Cox as well. Mm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm with you on, on Carson Wentz. He's been playing, like, not average, but he's been playing so consistently there's, like, nothing to talk about. Like, he's never he's not going off, but he's not playing horrendously bad. So he's just kind of, like, flying under the radar. And he's, like, really... Compared to last year, he's like a million times better. But he like he's doing what he needs to do. When you've got Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines, you've got that three-headed rushing attack. Well, at least two-head now that Marlon Mack's gone, right? He's not gone yet, but he's probably going to be. Yeah, I know. There was stuff going on with him. Either way, insane rushing attack. And all he has to do is play, you know, he doesn't really have to be some hero guy, which I think was a lot what a lot of people, including myself, thought was the problem with him that he's playing too much hero ball in Philadelphia. But yeah. He can can, you know, bring back good football and you know, he might he might not be MVP Carson Wentz, but he's a lot better than he was before. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um Washington and Seattle is the next game. Washington ekes out a victory thirty four to thirty. Interestingly enough, Taylor Heineke over the past couple weeks has looked great. Um let me just <coughs> bless me. Uh, let me just say that Taylor Heineke has looked very, very good since replacing Ryan Fitzpatrick with injury. Um, I've seen people saying Taylor Heineke might be watching football starting, you know, like future QB, like QB of the future franchise guy. I don't know if I'd go that far quite yet, but I mean, he's on a good track for it. Let me just say that um, Antonio Gibson was hampered with injuries, but Terry McLaurin was the man of the hour in this game with like 120 something yards and two touchdowns. Just really. Really putting the team on his back at that point. The line's pretty solid. And then defensively, we know Washington is defensively absolutely scary, especially on that defensive line where there's just so many studs. Um, and the secondary, especially the corners, um, are actually really solid. Kendall Floyd, William Jackson, and then the safeties, you have Cameron Curl and Landon Collins. So the secondary is actually really nice. It's a, it's a really good defense. But for Atlanta, there was one man. Matt Ryan was doing really well. Uh, Matt Ryan threw four touchdowns, no picks. Let me just say, there's one man in Atlanta this game that was just doing everything, and that man 
was Cordero, Cordero. Patterson. Um, the man, the myth, the legend, fabled one of the greatest kick returners slash punt returners of all time. Wide receiver turned running back. Um, you know, the number two running back. Possibly soon to be the number one running back in Atlanta with the way he's playing. Um, went out there. And he had 11 total touches for 116 yards and three touchdowns on the day for Cordero Patterson. Um, sneak peek, he's one of my offensive players of the week. I'm sure you could have guessed that. Um, but he did his thing. And, you know, despite how what good of a game he had, Atlanta put up 30 points and still managed to lose the game because of their mediocre to bad defense. So Washington takes advantage. Terry McLaurin does his absolute thing. Taylor Heineke plays a really nice game, and Washington takes the dub there. Yeah. Um. T- the problem with Taylor Heineke in the future is he's already 28. <laughs> you know, like he's already older. Um. Like I said, tw- 28 isn't old, but he's older, and it's kind of tough tough to start your career when you're that old. But he has been playing relatively well. Yeah, last week versus Buffalo, I wouldn't exactly say he was going off. But, you know, that, that's a different situation when you're going up against a team that's good. He was able to go out, play really clutch, really well, um, win a tough game versus a really high-powered offense that Atlanta normally has. And, um, you know, definitely interesting. Washington, another team that's, you know, I was a team that was on my radar coming into the year a little bit, a team that's really, really solid when Ryan Fitzmagic Ryan Fitzmagic. I I always like I've been calling him Fitzmagic for so long that when I mean to call him Ryan Fitzpatrick, I mess it up and call him Fitzmagic. But um, when it comes back, it's gonna be interesting. I wonder how quick they would be to put Heineke in if uh if uh, Fitzpatrick isn't playing that well. Yeah, um, they'd probably put him in very quickly. I'll say that much. Hold on. <laughs> Moving on, Seattle and San Francisco. This is the second straight week. San Francisco has been in a very close game with a very solid opponent and ended up losing, which is pretty sad. As Seattle takes the win, 28-21 by just a seven-point margin. Um, Wilson is kind of letting the early season MVP candidacy, which he usually is in attention for. He's kind of letting it slip out of his grasp so far. Um, I mean, he's not playing bad football, but it's not eye-popping numbers that are going to win you the MVP or anything. Um, but for San Francisco, Jimmy G went out early game, and Trey Lance had to come in. And Trey Lance actually looked very good in this game. He's the one rookie quarterback that like I have not seen a mistake from, really. Um, he ended with 9 for 18 for 157 yards, two touchdowns, no picks for him. Um, just just really solid. Just really solid for him. Um, just want to... Just want to throw that out there for my boy Trey Lance. Um, probably thus far the best rookie quarterback. I'm not saying he's going to be, but at this current point in time, he's the most polished rookie quarterback of you know the main guys in this draft class. And uh, yeah, will I, I if I'm you know Kyle Shanahan, I'm continuing Jimmy G as the starter when he's back healthy. But I don't have a problem going to Trey Lance. No, yeah, for sure. Honestly, Trey Lance is so talented. Honestly, like. He just look. He looks so natural out on the field. It's an, it's a, it's nice. <laughs> Trey Lance is, a, is gonna be a baller someday. Even if it's not this year, he's gonna be a baller someday. Yeah. True. True. Um, moving on. Next game, Arizona and the Rams. This was uh, such a good 
uh, matchup coming into it. You know, Kyler Murray versus Matt Stafford and just how these teams are doing. But then Arizona came out and blew them out of the water. Arizona wins um, 37-20, so 17-point uh, margin of victory there for them. Um, and they played really well. Kyler Murray played really well. We're just starting to see what this what this team is. Defensively, they're looking good. Chandler Jones, J.J. Watt rushing the edge, creating some pressure. Isaiah Simmons able to kind of roam around the entirety of the defense. Byron Murphy's picked up his play this season for sure. Um, Buda Baker last season had a breakout year. So Arizona was looking just way better than what they were, and they went out and beat who previously I considered the best team in the NFL heading into this this week, uh, the Rams. And they beat them pretty handily, I, if I do say so myself. So I just found that very interesting. You know, with their, their receiving core is kind of just – I guess it has to be like specialized to what Kyler Murray wants because it's not that good apart from D-Hop. And D-Hop is like almost consistently at this point like not his team's leading receiver yardage-wise for the past couple games. Yeah. So um, AJ Green, like low key. Yeah, he's has been balling. He has been balling. But yeah, so Arizona yeah. wins by by 17. So what do you get? what do you got on this one? How you feeling? Um, it's it's yeah, Kyler Murray's like receiving uh options. It's always so interesting. Chase Edmonds is the guy who gets like an insane target share for a running back. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I'm trying Green. to trade for him in fantasy right now. <laughs> Yeah, and, like, A.J. Green has been, like, kind of popping off lately. Um, and it, I always, like, it's so weird. They, like, Kyler Murray, like, has to have a veteran, like, big wide receiver. Like, he had Larry Fitzgerald, and Larry Fitzgerald retired. Or, I mean, it decided not to resign. And <laughs> they just, like, immediately went out and got, like, A.J. Green to fill that same exact role as just, like, yeah. <laughs> a big, like, a go up and get it veteran wide receiver. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, I kind of like it. I kind of do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, moving on, Baltimore versus Denver. Baltimore wins this handily, twenty-three to seven. Denver was three Baltimore's two and one heading into this, and you know people were like, Denver does not beat a real team. They faced a real team and they didn't win. I'm not saying that they should have won or anything, and I'm not like Denver's a fraud. They suck. Um, but the, uh, Teddy Bridgewater got hurt midway through the game, and Drew Locke had to come in, um, which was obviously a big part of this. Um, there was a big thing about, like, the last couple plays of the game. Instead of kneeling, Lamar Jackson, like, ran the ball. And Vic Fangio was not not a fan of that. And, you know, he thought it was a bit disrespectful. He wasn't happy with it. But really, just from a game perspective, you know, when you, when your quarterback is hurt, you, you don't stand as good of a chance. Lamar Jackson had a very, very solid game this week, actually. Kind of his ball looked really pretty, really pretty spiral when he was throwing it. Um and yeah, people, you know, people are always quick to be like, he's a running back, he's not a good thrower. Watch this game, you'd be like, yeah, he can actually kind of sling that rock pretty efficiently, um, more efficiently than Drew Locke, that is at least. But um, yeah, Baltimore twenty-three, Denver seven. No, yeah, and honestly, the Ravens are like so dangerous right now. The way that like the passing attack's been going good and the rushing attack is still good, uh, the team has just been going off. I'm not even gonna lie. I um. I'm going to go on for like a second, so you can just keep going. I'll be back quick. Right. Okay, but um, moving on to this next one, Tampa Bay versus New England. This is one that was weird for me because I, I have Tom Brady in one of my fantasy leagues, and I was like, I'm definitely starting this dude. Um, you know, heading back, he wants to be Belichick. He's going to just chalk this ball. He's going to throw it for like 600 yards. 
But I was like, give me Brady. And then Brady did not do well. He put me up 11 fantasy points as uh, Tampa Bay squeaks out a win versus New England. Um, just barely. Mac Jones kind of outplayed Tom Brady in this game. Mac Jones finishes with 31 for 40 for 275 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Mac Jones actually kind of outplayed Tom Brady in this game um, in his return to New England. But Tom Brady got the last laugh as Tampa Bay comes in and it's a little W. They also had Antoine Winfield, who had a really good game. Seven tackles, a forced fumble, an interception, and a pass defended. But, um, yeah, this was, this was a narrow victory. Uh, Bill Belichick seemed to have been pulling out all the stops and trying to beat Tom Brady in his return home. And it did not work. Um, it, it was just such a close game. I expected Brady to come out and just blow him out of the water. But, he, you know, obviously if there's one person that can scheme against Tom Brady, that would be Bill Belichick. So, makes sense. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, how <laughs> yes. you feeling about the Tampa Bay versus New England Tom Brady's re- return? Tom, it was it was very hyped up. I mean, you talked about this uh, a little bit right before. This was like such a hyped up regular season game. It was really interesting. Um, the return they had like so many hype videos. It felt like such a such a big ordeal in the game. Definitely did not disappoint. It was not uh, high scoring, but it was still close. Um, Mac Jones, Mac Jones played. Played a solid game, you know, two touchdowns and an interception. He's he's filling the role. He seems like a very typical game manager at this point in his career. He's not exactly doing a whole lot. He's just playing out, playing some solid football. And um, <laughs> the rushing attack was just like absolutely horrendous. Like, what was the net? Let me check here. A net <laughs> rushing yardage of negative one yards throughout the day. <laughs> so, you know, that's another thing. You know, Mac Jones played a really solid game, but there's nothing you can do when you can, you literally just cannot move the ball at all. So, yeah, that is fair. Um, and the last game we have here, Monday Night Football, the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers take this one by 14 points, 28 to 14. And let me just say that Justin Herbert is the real deal. Um, let me just put that there. He's a big, strong-armed, athletic quarterback who's calm in the pocket, steady under pressure. Last season, he was actually PFF, um, the highest-graded quarterback under pressure of all quarterbacks in the league. Um, and boy, is he just a very good player. And I'm, you know, I'm just really hoping that he turns into the player that we think he can be, and we can, you know, we're able to have a a Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert real rivalry in like an interdivision rivalry between the two of them moving forward. That would just be so fun and create so much friction. Um, that would just be really fun to watch. But, it would be. Yeah, Herbert's very, really very good. Herbert's really good. Their offensive line's really good. Eckler's really good. Eckler had a pair of touchdowns. Uh, defensively, they're really good. Derwin James, Joey Bosa. Um, for the Raiders, we know about what Derek Carr is capable of this season, especially. Josh Jacobs came back. There was, he was a game-time decision on whether or not he would come back. He um, ended up coming back. The receiving core is just filled with so many mediocre people that it you know, ends up being solid. And then Darren Waller, we know we have a Darren Waller for the Raiders. But obviously all that stuff is just not enough to match up to Justin Herbert's squad, um, the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, um, let me tell you another one. I got I to gotta do it to him. Jared Cook leading the day receiving with 70 yards. Nothing insane, Ooh. but I did tell you he was good. He did. And what did they, they sign him on? I remember they signed him like so cheap, and he is out here leading the day. 
Let me tell you, Hunter Henry did not do that. <laughs> Hunter Henry would not have done that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Obviously, there's no way to, to do that. He's Hunter Henry's been. I don't even know how he's been doing in New, in New England. Not enough to. Let me tell you that. No clue. No clue. I'm beefing. I'm beefing with Hunter Henry. Oh yeah. Let me tell you, he had 32 yards on four receptions and a touchdown. He did have a touchdown, but. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that was that was quite the quite the large victory. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and that's gonna round out our analysis. I'll give you our players of the week, offensive players of the week. We have Derrick Henry, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Ezekiel Elliott, and Cordero Patterson. These are obviously in no particular order. Defensive players of the week, we have C.J. Mosley, Quincy Williams, Trayvon Diggs, Marcus Williams, and Antoine Winfield. And then rookies of the week, we have Najee Harris, Eric Stokes, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones. Yeah. Another week of NFL football in the books. And later in the week, we'll be getting guys with a power ranking uh, one quarter of the way through about, about one quarter of the way through the season um and so so yeah we'll be able to tell you which team we think is number one it is up for discussion at the moment there's no definitely no uh consensus number one team at this Not point consensus and um, i actually have seen with all the power rankings i've seen there kind of is a bit of a consensus at this point i won't give it away but i think i know what you're talking about i'm not gonna yeah i'm not gonna say you i'm pretty sure i know what you're talking about I'm not sure if I 100% agree with that, but I, I think you're right. I think yeah, there's I'm in the one same team. boat. Like, there's kind of a consensus of who the number one power ranking team is. Do I agree with it? Maybe, maybe not. But that's a story for a different day. That it is. Um, yeah, and I'm sh- I'm sure by then I will have the top ten tight ends list, so you can check out the Instagram. Follow it. that way you'll never miss um, when we upload. Because well, let me I'm gonna take a wild guess and say you're not casually reset re, uh, refreshing our spotify page just so you can <laughs> up a new episode that way you can always see and never forget as well as see um the top 10 list before we read over them in the episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> for sure for sure but um yeah there's our analysis um we, we had a solid episode today um you got any you got any parting words for them? um yeah just topics here I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of good I'm kind of tired right now I'm gonna be honest with you. That's fair. Good, that's fair. Have a good week until we see you, and now we can we, we can uh, wish you would do over the weekend as I normally Thanks. do. Thanks, thanks. So uh, yeah, have a good uh, have a good rest of the week, guys. Um, chill out, and from us here at the Coleman Joe Show, we are decent.